I will call to order the January 9, 2023 Design Review Board Meeting of the City of Kirkland, and we will begin with a roll call. Randall Brand. Present. Fred Brown. Brad. I, I see him. Carlos Castaneda. Shoshana Cohen. Here. Fatima Cohen. Tyler Smith. Here. And Amy Tars. Okay, I see her too. Thanks. Present. Very good. Thank you, Jeannie. Um, tonight we have on the agenda, we have a design conceptual design conference for the Park Shore on Juanita Bay. Uh, but before that, I don't, I didn't see any minutes to approve. And I would like to ask if there are any participants from the audience that have an, an item that is not on the agenda for tonight that would like to speak do we have anyone hey shoshana i don't see anyone in the audience thank you john so seeing that we have no unfinished business we will move forward to our um conceptual design um conference and i will ask um jennifer for staff presentation Okay. I know I asked this a minute ago, but everyone can see the full slide. I'm guessing there's a yes. Okay. Yes. All yes. right. Perfect. Thank you. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jen Ander. I'm an associate planner um, for Kirkland. And um, as mentioned, we're here for the conceptual design conference for Park Shore Juanita Bay. The subject property is located in the Juanita neighborhood. It's at 11853 97th Avenue Northeast with street frontage along Northeast 120th and also 97th Avenue. It's comprised of two parcels that currently house a single story assisted living facility known as the Gardens at Juanita Bay. So surrounding the subject property, we have Juanita Beach Park to the south. Uh, projects there, um, the heights are determined on a case-by-case -case basis. To the west, it's zoned RM 2.4, which is multifamily with a maximum height of 30 feet. North of the subject property, we have RM 3.6, um, also multifamily with a maximum height of 35 feet, and JBD 6 zoning, which is the same as the subject parcel. Um, with a maximum height of 26 feet. And then to the east is the Juanita Village Development. This is zone JBD1, and it has a height range of 30 to 78 feet. So I'll quickly touch on the permitting process for the project. We're currently in the design review phase, which has two parts. First is the CDC, which is what we're here for tonight, um, introducing the project, allowing the board to provide guidance on massing and site design for the project. And then this will be followed by the Design Response Conference, or DRC, which will be noticed to the public where the applicant responds to the board's feedback from the CDC meetings. This project will also complete a SEPA review um, that'll run in tandem with the design review, and it looks at a number of environmental impacts. So we're thinking things like traffic and noise, 
Um, and then finally, there will be grading and building permits um, to construct, construct the project. So the applicants proposing to build a three to four story independent senior living facility, it will contain between 45 and 51 residential units. Um, depending on the massing model that's pursued, parking is being proposed within an underground garage, surface stalls, uh, potential carports with access to the property along the east side from 97th Avenue. There's a number of zoning regulations that pertain to the project, but I would like to highlight two for the board tonight. The first being the height requirement. So um, the standard maximum height for JBD6 is 26 feet, but there's a section of code that gives the board authority to grant an additional 13 feet or up to an additional 13 feet uh, for a total of 39 feet if the increase in massing is mitigated by design techniques. Um, looking to achieve superior architectural and human scale. And the applicants indicated that they would like to incorporate the additional height allowance into their design. So tonight we'll be looking to the board to identify what design techniques the applicant should explore and how the board would like to see those reflected in the design response conference. And then second would be streams, wetlands, and buffer vegetation. Uh, Juanita Creek runs along the north end of the subject property, and there's also a mapped wetland that's tucked right next to the stream. Uh, the applicant completed a critical area determination, which confirmed the location of the stream and wetland, and that established a 100-foot buffer off of the stream, which you will see here. So that's that hatching. And then a 75-foot buffer off of the wetland, there's that additional hatching. And the code also has, um, it requires a 10-foot structural setback, which you can see there in red. So this is definitely a constraining factor for the property. Um, improvements within a critical area or the buffers are extremely limited. Um, there are some small improvements that would be um, permitted within that structural setback. So for this project, um, things like driveways can encroach up to nine feet. So there's, there's a little bit of wiggle room there. And then due to the size of the project, the applicant will also need to meet the vegetated buffer standards. As far as context, the board should discuss the physical and built environment um, on and around the subject property. So this includes things like height of the neighboring buildings, critical areas like we just talked about, landscaping, um, and identify any opportunities or constraints on the site given things like the streetscape, um, activities or uses in and around the area, pedestrian patterns, the character of those adjacent buildings, and open space. So the board should review the project in relation to the pedestrian-oriented design guidelines with particular emphasis, emphasis on these key issues. Uh, if we start with scale, the board should discuss overall scale of the building, but also since the applicant's proposing to utilize that additional height, um, looking to what techniques would the board like to see to minimize the perceived massing? Are there any blank walls and how should those be treated? Uh, any design techniques that can be incorporated to take advantage of Juanita Bay or views of the lake. Um, I did want to note for the board, there's a spe special consideration for JBD zone that touches on views of Lake Washington and protecting views of um, existing residential developments. So if we kind of pop back to an aerial view here, 
Um, you can see the subject property there in Lake Washington down to the south. There are existing residential developments to the north, but the subject property is a little over 1,200 uh, feet away from the shoreline. And then as we were talking about, the critical area um, is required to be vegetated and there's existing significant vegetation there. So there's really no existing view as is um, to protect from those residential um, buildings. Then moving on to pedestrian access, the board should discuss how the proposed massing relates to the pedestrian environment. Are there opportunities for pedestrian oriented spaces, any key pedestrian connections? Um, how can the project engage pedestrians in the area? And for open space and landscaping, are there any opportunities to capitalize on open space or landscaping opportunities, especially thinking about screening parking or enhancing the streetscape along 97th Avenue. Finally, we are asking the board to provide guidance for the applicant on their proposal, um, determine what information or application materials are needed for the design response conference, especially anything that's in addition to the standards um, application materials. And that concludes my staff presentation. Stop sharing. Jenny, thank you. Um, does anyone have questions to Jenny about staff presentation? If not, then yeah, um, you mentioned uh, the setbacks, you know, and, and buffers for the wetlands. Uh, there's nothing about setbacks uh, buffers for the park and public spaces. No, nothing that's specific to that. Okay, thanks. Sure. I, I do have one question too. Um, uh, it's process related. So regarding the DRB being able to grant the additional height, um, uh, it's basically uh, at our discretion and in terms of the criteria uh, that we will base our decision on. Yeah, I was just pulling up, if I had been a little on it, I'd have the section of, let me check really quick for the specific wording. I guess um, I'm thinking yeah. like, a, I'm, I'm thinking like a planner and looking for the criteria, you know, like what you would find in a conditional use permit. Um, yeah. You know, and just clarify, you know, just to clar you know, get some clarification. Yeah, so the way that it's worded, um, at least in the code, is a little bit, um, it doesn't have those very dialed in criteria. So it really is saying may increase up to 13 feet um, if the impacts for the additional height are mitigated by design techniques that minimize the minimize the perceived building mass and achieve superior architectural and human scale. So it really is kind of in the board's hands to determine what is that balance there and what you would be looking for. Okay, thank you. And that is something that uh, we can ideally conclude today, if we grant that additional height or not. Is that correct? I believe so. I would think that at the at least today's meeting, we would look for, you know, um, at least discuss that and kind of decide what as a board you'd be looking for, um, and entertaining that additional height. But I'd 
maybe toss it to John too, as far as procedural, if there's something that we typically do on this. Yeah, I think this is something the board hasn't really seen um, over the past couple of years, um, just because there hasn't been any redevelopment in this zone um, recently. So I guess uh, my advice would be to have a discussion on what um, techniques or items or you know, uh, given the given the language of the code and what you would like to see the applicant provide in more detail for the design response conference. And I'm, I'm sure the applicant will will speak to this criteria as well. So it'll be good just to hear what they're what they're thinking. Okay, I yeah. appreciate that, John. Yeah, John, did well, the last time, did we have any added uh, heights that we gave to, oh gosh, uh, Kirkland Way, uh, right across from the uh, the library? I think we required setbacks on that upper level, but I don't know if that was just a design choice or if that was because they wanted to add some additional height. Do you recall? Um, so south of the... I'm trying to think of what project yeah no towards uh, the water it was just um i guess just west of the library you know slightly north and west you know next to the um you know the transit center yeah we i'm trying to think back there were some criteria um in the comprehensive plan back in the day where we allowed a range of heights based on superior design we since um change that to be more prescriptive about the actual height allowed and step backs that are required to get the additional height. So there isn't that discretion anymore, at least in the CBD. Um, so I would say on this project, because there is a little bit of a, you know, there's a, some discretion there from the board or, you know, some uh, feedback or guidance that the board will have to provide. I think what we'll just have to do is um, uh, what's tricky is that word superior. And I think um, I think the board has enough experience of what we typically see and maybe just base your your uh, discussion based on that and uh, what the applicant is proposing as superior. And then we can go from there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, does anyone have a follow-up question or comment about that? Seeing not, uh, let's uh, turn to the applicant who is speaking on behalf of the applicant. Um, I will be. I'm Jim Bedoya. Thank you. Good evening, Jim. Good evening. So can we begin? The screen is all yours. Thank you. Well, good evening, everyone. And thank you for giving us this opportunity to present our project. My name is Jim Bedoya, and I'm a principal at VIA Perkins Eastman. And I'm here tonight with the rest of our design team and our landscape architect, as well as the owner development team uh, is also with us tonight. And in the interest of the limited time we have for this presentation, I'll skip the personal introductions, but all of the design and development team will be available to answer any questions or concerns the board may have about this proposal. Next. 
Jennifer did a great job of talking about the vicinity, but I'll reiterate some of these things. And the site um, is in a really unique part of Juanita Bay neighborhood. The neighborhood surrounding the site is composed of several older low-rise multifamily buildings on the east and north of the site. And to the west, there are a number of newer uh, four and five-story multifamily projects. The Juanita Beach Park shares our southern boundary as well. Next. <clears throat> Excuse me. The site is currently occupied <clears throat> by a senior living facility composed of several separate buildings. Several of the buildings and site improvements are located within the sensitive area of the wetlands and stream buffer. The proposed development will remove all of those existing structures and restore the lands within the buffer area to its natural state. Excuse me. It's worth discussing the program for this project. The proposed project is an independent senior living facility with a hospitality-like amenity program. The program is patterned after a boutique hotel with larger apartment units, a dining program, and commercial kitchen, and an extensive amenity and wellness program, as well as um, providing uh, secure parking uh, at the rate of one stall per unit. The program for the facility requires that the building function as a single structure to most efficiently provide the services and security expected for the residents. The project has a strong focus on sustainability and wellness. <clears throat> These attributes will be evidenced in the quality of the building design and landscape design. Also, attention to energy and water conservation and the restoration of the sensitive stream wetland buffer off the site play a major role in this program. Next. <clears throat> it's important that we understand the unique constraints and opportunities associated with this site. As you can see, the stream and wetland buffer illustrated in green occupy <clears throat> almost half of the site area and define our development pad limits to the north. And because of the depth of the site in the east-west direction, uh, we must provide fire department access to all points of the new building and provide a fire turnaround uh, for the fire trucks. The roadway indicated uh, on this drawing represent the improvements necessary to satisfy the fire department. The only point of access that we have to the site is along 97th Avenue. And due to the fire department access, that entry point is likely, likely to be at the southeast corner of the site. All of these factors provide a very limited development path for the proposed building program. These limitations, though, still offer opportunities to craft a building with a strong presence on 97th Avenue while giving the majority of the residents views to the park and Juanita Bay beyond, as well as a very peaceful outlook into the mature creek and wetland buffer to the north. Before um, we get into the building options, I think it's worth saying that the design team act actively pursued each of these three options over the course of the program development. Next. So in option one, our first option 
looked at putting the program into a four-story building located at the east end of the site with a wing of the building facing 97th. The parking requirement is met with surface parking and approximately half the parking as covered parking using freestanding carports. Next. <clears throat> the building massing utilized a highly modulated facade along 97th Avenue and facing the park to the south. Next. As you can see in the <clears throat> eye level, street level views, um, we're utilizing kind of a major minor uh, modulation uh, patterning to create interest and to um, create a, a rhythm as, uh, as you go from east to west on the building. So the advantage of, of this option is, is the smaller footprint could be perceived as a positive. And there, again, is a, a high degree of modulation on all sides of the building. You know, we're not showing the decks and the window placement at this point, but just a, a understanding of uh, how there's this major minor modulation that occurs. The disadvantage is that when we looked at this as a four-story building within the constraint height, even with the additional bonus, we realized that um, we weren't able to achieve the floor-to-floor -floor heights um, that would be desirable for a project such as this. And also the uh, carport, carports against the park boundary are a distraction to the way the building uh, addresses the park. All of the parking is uh, in a surface lot and that lot would be somewhat visible from the park. And uh, <clears throat> we were not able to provide an enclosed uh, amenity space on the rooftop because of uh, the number of stories that would uh, be in this four-story building. So next. Option two, um, to gain the additional floor-to-floor -floor height, this option looked at achieving the same required program as a three-story solution by extending the building footprint to the west and covering a portion of the surface parking with two floors of units. This created it on above grade secure parking garage. Next. <clears throat> this option began to explore a strong major minor modulation approach to having three dominant elements project forward and be the be of a different color and texture than the resource, recess portions of the facade. Next. The open parking structure solves the secure parking issue, but creates a challenge to make that portion of the building facade feel residential in character. There are still three freestanding carports along the south edge of the property facing the park. So the advantage to this building or to this option is the, the better floor-to-floor -floor heights as a three-story building. Um, the parking for most of the residents in a secure above-grade parking structure. And then <clears throat> it's a double-edged sword. The disadvantages are 
the above grade parking structure ch changes the language of the building for the west half of the ground floor and um, the several freestanding carports that have to uh, remain uh, create a challenge in terms of the way the project is viewed from the park. Next. This brings us to our third option. Um, and as um, the design team continue to receive new information about the geotechnical information for the site, we became aware that the, the building would require a substantial mat slab approximately 10 feet below our ground floor uh, in order to avoid differential settlement in the building. And it was at this point that it made sense to create a below grade uh, parking garage to utilize that void between the ground floor and the mat slab. Next. The change allowed the design team to get all the required secure parking in a below grade parking garage. It also <clears throat> allowed the above grade parking in option two to be occupied by six additional units. Next. The similar massing approach <clears throat> to option two is employed with the additional modulation of bays and recessed decks to further articulate the facade on all sides of the building. The residential language is now consistent on all sides. The site slopes uh, approximately eight feet to the west from where uh, we enter off of 97th. Uh, which allows us to um, daylight the entry of the garage on the west end of the building, and that garage opening would not be visible from the park side. The primary uh, residential entry is located just after one enters the site <clears throat> from 97th into a, um, a courtyard entry and uh, weather protection out to the curb for arriving guests. Additional guest and employee parking is located further to the west as surface parking. Um, in all schemes, we had the delivery and move-in occur on the north side of the building, so it's not visible from the park as part of that um, fire truck um, access. And it also should be noted that <clears throat> a generous 20-foot landscape setback has been used in all three options to allow the ground floor units that face 97th Avenue to create a gracious transition to the street grades and to have the ability to save some of the existing trees along that frontage. The street-facing facade is composed of a series of bays and recessed decks to provide the necessary scale modulation along the street. So, in this case, the advantages to this option is the additional floor to floor height that we have as a, a three story building, the below grade parking garage that eliminates the freestanding carports, and a consistent residential character on all sides of the building. We also have the ability to have a generous rooftop amenity space for the residents with the additional enclosed amenity um, space at that roof level. The highly modulated facade along the south facing uh, elevations of the park and a consistent uh, character and degree of modulation that occurs on all sides of the building. <clears throat> um, 
for all the above stated reasons, this is our preferred option moving forward. And um, at this point, it probably makes sense to just highlight. So next, um, Bethany, just highlight the differences between the three options. So I'd like to just talk about the more significant advantages and disadvantages in each, each option. So option one, the advantage is a smaller footprint, the disadvantage is the reduced floor to floor height and the uh, surface parking and carports to achieve the secure parking. In option two, the advantage is the additional floor to floor height as a three-story building and the additional secure parking in uh, an above ground parking structure. The disadvantage is the above ground parking structure creates a challenge to achieve the architectural continuity facing the park. And then in option three, the advantage of the below grade parking garage to achieve all the secure parking that we need for the project and the elimination of the carport structures and the ability to create a consistent architectural language on all sides of the building. And finally, it, it should be noted that all three options have roughly the same amount of impervious site improvements uh, to achieve uh, the three solutions. And so again, for all the above stated reasons, option three is our preferred alternative. Um, 10 minutes, so uh, this concludes our presentation and we look forward to your questions and comments. Thank you, Jim. Uh, who would like to go first? Should I leave the presentation up or stop sharing? Uh, I think it's better if you leave it up. So once we have questions, yeah. it's easier for you to go over. Okay. Tyler, go ahead. Thank you, Shoshana. And uh, thank you, Jim, for taking the time to put this together for us. Um, so my question here is, and I'm looking through, after going through your presentation and also taking a look at the pamphlet that I see here, um, to be direct, these these concepts that you've come up with, are is this the first beginning stage? Or are you planning to go into a little more in-depth detail? Because to be completely transparent, I'm having a hard time with these sort of concepts that you put together, the, getting a full picture idea of, of what it of what this facilities, what these facilities are going to look like. I'm just seeing basically a frankly beginning concept of design when it comes to it. Well, it's my understanding that this is a massing um, discussion and massing analysis. And um, we were told to, to not advance um, the design concept beyond the beginning massing studies. I mean, we certainly could show additional studies that have moved uh, this design forward. And I think, you know, a, a glimpse of that is probably in the cover sheet of the booklet that we submitted. Got it, got it. Um, and, and I I, yeah, it's just, uh, the this is a conceptual design. So got we it. need to go for the massing that we prefer to see elaborations on. Okay, and then my my uh, last question there is that you're talking about the wetlands. Which one did you say again was more uh, influent with with the wetland area? 
was more of what i'm sorry i didn't hear that <clears throat> statement was completely. more um was was more easier for you guys to construct with the wetlands i was just looking at that part um, as far as mass well yeah the ease of construction we're, we're staying out of the wetland buffer and the and the wetland buffer setback in all three options it's um it's the the challenge that we have um, geotechnically is that the soils are really poor, and what they recommend is removing the poor soils and bringing in uh, uh, engineered fill. But also at the base, underneath the building footprint, they want to see a mat slab um, down ten feet below existing grade to tie the whole building together structurally and prevent it from uh, any kind of differential settlement within the floor plate. I see. And, and yeah. all, three, all three options, we are removing existing building that is within the buffer currently and restoring the buffer. And so that like we're bringing <clears throat> it um, back to more of a natural state with, with, the, um, with all of the options. Got it, that makes sense. Thank you. That's all I have. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, who would like to go next? I can go next. Thank you, Amy. Um, Jim, can you walk us through? Um, I'm just going to use the uh, page 43 of the staff uh, packet uh, as an outline for questions. Um, so regarding, and I don't know if you've gotten this far with your design, um, it talks about um, uh, sidewalk width um, and the movement zone. Um, in, in these three, in these three uh, options, uh, is there any difference in how you envision um, the interface of your perimeter with adjacent properties and how you're uh, uh, planning to um, improve the sidewalks along the streets? We're, we're currently in discussion with the city about the sidewalk improvements and um, it's a sensitive uh, time, you know, we, we plan to do whatever is, is required, but uh, the sidewalk actually crosses over the creek, which creates some challenges with the, uh, you know, Department of Fisheries and what you can do within that area. So we wanna do whatever is best uh, for the improvements to the wetland buffer. Um, and in terms of how the building addresses the street, because we're uh, going to be residential uses on that east side facing 97th, we wanted to increase the setback there to from 10 feet to 20 feet so that we could do a, a, a gradual and, and gracious transition from that uh, first floor grade, which is about two feet or three feet below the sidewalk grade and uh, be able to terrace up that transition to pro provide some ground level um, patio space for those ground floor units, as well as have uh, really um, uh, generous uh, landscape screening along the street so that it presents a, 
a, a good face to the to the public. Okay. Um, uh, regarding the parking lot landscaping, um, uh, are you providing any type of screening between the park and your, you know, vehicular driveway slash parking lot? Jerry, would you unmute yourself and respond to that? Sure. Yeah, there's a, a number of existing trees along that property line that we plan on saving. Uh, and we're also introducing uh, a number of trees along that with um, with some appropriate shrubs <clears throat> at, at a height that will help with that screening and, and buffering. Okay. Um, all right. Can you talk about uh, views and um, you know how you 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 uh, envision orienting the yeah, residential units and what type of views you know your residents will have access of? I think I know the answer to that. But the second part of that question is, what existing views of resident uh, of the existing um, uh, you know other residential areas would you uh, be impacting with your project? <clears throat> Um, well, as Jennifer mentioned, um, the existing wetland and creek uh, areas is is uh, occupied by uh, some pretty mature, uh, significant trees and and landscaping. And if you were to go to the north uh, north of the site to where there are some low uh, single and two-story residential projects, you really cannot see through the site to the lake. So we're really not impacting any views to the park or to the lake um, from the north. And there's a, a pretty significant uh, tree row to the west, um, screening the property to the west. And so, uh, and, you know, we're presenting our narrowest <clears throat> uh, building front age to, to the west, to that residential development, but uh, there's not going to be much of a view through that existing uh, tree row that's on that west edge of their property. Um, and uh, that uh, existing residential to the west, um, how tall are those buildings? What's the height? Is it set? Are they two stories or three stories? I think there are three. Okay. Um, okay, uh, let me see. So you kind of briefly mentioned something about uh, recreational space for your residents. For option three, do they have, does that provide um, some type of recreational open space for them? I mean, outside of the wetlands. Uh, well, we're developing a pretty extensive rooftop garden and amenity space uh, that's in the center of the floor plate. And, um, you know, Jerry can speak to some of the features of that, but there'll be some outside dining, um, just socialization areas, a, a small sort of containered uh, pea patch area up there, <clears throat> as well as um, a small 200 square foot enclosed area that will be 
used to host uh, special events for uh, some of the guests that will open up to that uh, rooftop garden. The, the plan that we're proposing for the wetland, um, I think I'd like Jerry to talk about some of the possibilities of how the residents might be able to engage in that space. Uh, well, so with the wetland area, we're excited because it's a it's a fairly sizable amount of the site, and we're saving a bulk of the trees, if not all the trees, within that wetland area, and we're hoping to create uh, um, pollinator pathway plant materials, uh, uh, plants that encourage birds for bird watching, um, and then even a small free little library for books about the area and about Kirkland and about this wetland and birds in the area. So we're really trying to incorporate that natural environment uh, and build upon what's there with snags and logs and, and native plant materials. Um, are you also by any chance allowed to uh, develop, let's say the, you know, the 50 feet of the, uh, you know, outside buffer for maybe like a multi-use trail? Well, that, that's that's our goal. We, we're, we're going through that process, but we'd like to create a small trail. Uh, as has been mentioned, there's a, a number of buildings that are already sticking way out into that zone. So there's asphalt and concrete and structures. Mm -hmm. So removing all that, we're hoping that we can put in a small uh, pathway for residents to be able to uh, enjoy that environment um, and the stream, I don't know if you've been to the site, but the stream is is wonderful and has a nice sound to it. So I think it's real amenity for, for the site itself. Yeah, I used to live right across that senior housing. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and I walked that uh, area and uh, yeah, this is definitely um, uh, an improvement to what exists there in terms of a walkway to the park. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so um, let's see. Um, so um, option three, can you clarify if, if there's any surface parking provided? <clears throat> yes, um, <clears throat> if, can we go back to the floor plan, site plan for option three? Yeah, I'm working on it. Okay. Um, basically, uh, there's a small amount of guest parking. Um, just as you get past the midpoint of the uh, south elevation, there's some uh, parking and then there's a walkway that connects all the way out to the street and to our entry and then some additional parking on that west boundary. And that will be... Uh, uh, guest and employee parking as well. Um, can you show me where the main entrance to the building is in relation to like the parking, the guest parking? It's here. There is a secondary entrance through the garage for those who are in the garage, but the main entrance is here. Yeah, mm -hmm. so main entrance and drop off occur in that. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure why I can't annotate. Okay, yeah. so the parking, the so the parking where you have the handicapped 
stalls, or I'm sorry, sidewalk and handicap. That's going to be parallel parking. And then, um, and then further west, they're all at 90 degrees. That's correct. Okay. All right. Um, uh, can you take me to your, um, I mean, amassing for option three? Um, and, and just wanted to uh, review what you're showing for your main entrance, like how you're expressing that entrance. <clears throat> I, mean, I'm, I know we're just talking about massing, but I- Yeah, maybe you can yeah, get to the street, street level views for that. So that's your main entrance. Yeah, the main entrance is uh, where you see that sort of blue um, mm -hmm. area. So there's a recessed courtyard in that area. <clears throat> and there also be a, a glass canopy that uh, generates out of that inside corner out to the curb so that there'll be uh, weather protected access from guests being dropped off or uh, other people that are visiting can get and into the, the site. Uh -huh. And the space above that, that's like the square, that's all residential. Yeah, everything above okay. the first floor is uh, residential and uh, the west and the, the west half of the building at the ground level will also be residential and the wing that faces 97th will be residential. So it's, mm -hmm. it's that center portion of the plan that's all amenity space, you know, fitness and yoga and dining and club room and lobby and all of those um, wonderful spaces that go along with this type of a project. Mm. Okay, um, that's all I have. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Uh, Brad, would you like to go next? Um, Amy got most all of mine. Um, I would ask, uh, I noticed that there's a couple of different heights in the different options, uh, three, and I think one of them is four-story. Uh, has that influenced at all any of your material types, you know, because we see a couple of renderings that indicate some materiality. I'm not sure if, if the heights, you know, beyond massing would influence anything else that you're looking towards with your designs. I think in um, option one, which was the four story and then option two and three were uh, both uh, three story solutions. The intent has always been to um, have a, 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 a real textural and, and color difference between some of these uh, modulation elements. So the darker elements uh, we're looking at as being masonry and being more solid with deeper punched openings. And then the wider bays will uh, be lighter and uh, uh, possibly uh, you know a smooth metal siding. And then the recesses where the uh, decks occur will be a another textural uh, material and be a deeper color. So we're really trying to make the most out of the, um, the, the changes in depth along the facade so that we have these major elements that happen <clears throat> about every 100 feet that project out and they'll be the more solid uh, masonry uh, elements and then the lighter bays and then the deeper uh, recesses where the decks occur, and then, and 
the decks will be a very strong horizontal staple that will tie these elements together as you go across the facade. So um, I think it'll be quite handsome. Did I thank answer you. your question? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's all for me. Great. Thank you. Randall, do you have any questions? Yeah, I got a couple of questions. First one gets to building height and the potential of 13 feet. When you look at your three-story options, where do you fit within the request for additional height? Where do you uh, think we're, we're, you know, we'd like to get all of that, but uh, we probably will um, be able to achieve um, what we need to do with a, a foot or two less than the 13 feet. Okay, so so oh, now when you went into the four-story option, you you were pushing that that was pushing the floor-to-floor -floor heights down, basically tremendously pushing it down. Yeah, and and and, and that was when we you know kind of shifted gears in terms of who we were marketing with this product and decided that that wouldn't be acceptable in terms of uh, what what okay. people would expect to see. So what we're looking to do is have like a 14 foot first floor so that all of these bigger dining and amenity spaces can have a gracious feel to them and have bigger windows out at the, uh, um, out of the exterior and then a more common uh, 10 foot floor to floor for the residential floors that we have above okay. that. Good. Uh, other good question I've got is if you're if you're pushing your mat slab down 10 feet, and I assume your mat slab is probably three to four feet uh, in thickness, where are you at on ground water table? We're just above it. That's a good question, but uh, we've been um, looking at that pretty carefully. So with okay. where we're setting our first floor and where the mat slab uh, occurs, we're still a foot or so above uh, what the geotech has indicated. The how, much, how, much, how much back structural backfill is geotech recommending below that mat slab? Over the mat slab? Or um, over or under? Is it under the mat slab or is it over? Well, the structural fill was going to be, you know, if we didn't have the garage, we would have had to fill that void between the mat slab and oh, the on first top floor of the mat slab. Okay. on top of the mat slab so that, uh, you know, we'd have better uh, bearing for the, the slab above that. Okay. That, right. that makes the, mat, the mat slab's about 18 inches. It's not, it's not as okay. deep. As not that big. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one, one thing that I think we're going to be be looking at is, is one of the one of the things that the design review uh, group is really looking at a lot is articulation of the building uh, facade and how it may break up and and that type of thing so you don't get a long continuous facade and the, the other part of that is and this kind of goes back to the 13 foot question is your parapets what kind of, how you may break those parapets up. I mean, right now you're showing pretty much just a single parapet height and going around the building. And so the question would be is, is what, uh, and I know you aren't at that design stage in that, but I'm just pointing it out that that is probably going to be something that we will be looking at as to, you know, articulating that top edge along with the front, you know, the, 
uh, the facade and that type of thing as you go around the building. And yeah. so that that predicated the question of the, how much of the 13 feet you would be using and, and where would you be in that particular aspect. We are <clears throat> we are looking at that right now and, and anticipate that um, we may push the parapet up behind uh, up beyond um, well up to a, a, a maximum that we can uh, do that and some of these uh, masonry elements and then potentially dropping <clears throat> the recessed uh, parapet where the decks occur so that the bays stand out but you know when you get in closer to this building and you look at it in perspective uh, because we have so much um, modulation with the bays and these uh, more prominent elements uh, it appears that there is a lot of vertical modulation even though there isn't in uh, physical height just because these elements are forward they they appear taller so yeah I I think from a perspective point of view, when you're up against the building or on the property site, that would be such. But when you've got an open park, flat open park from uh, one to drive and that looking back towards it, then you're going to start perceiving that as a flat straight line. So uh, just just a comment that you may want to look at that so that when you, when you do come back for uh, additional conference, uh, we're looking at that, that particular yep. element. That is a good uh, comment. Uh, the no, I think I think the yeah, definitely. Keep, well, I, I guess I'm perceiving that the three story. What you're showing here is that the three story and the four story are essentially the same height. What you're saying? Yes, they are. Okay, close okay. to it. It visually because it's the three or four stories truncated it. It actually comes across in the plans as looking taller than these two buildings, uh, option two and option three, uh, but it will be the same height all the way through. So that's okay. Uh, I think that's going to follow my question at this time. Thank you. Uh, Randall, Randall actually had a question that triggered another one for me uh, when he was talking about the groundwater. Uh, I know that um, the city is looking at the site just south of this for an aquatic center. I'm not sure if you guys had factored in uh, any of that uh, potential design or future neighbor into into your layouts and site planning and, you know, uh, any sort of shared traffic driveways or if there's been any sort of contact between the two parties about a potential aquatic center personally i was not aware of it yeah that's so. new information wait where would that be at exactly uh immediately south to your property really is one of the one of the potential sites it's not decided it's, it's one yeah. of the potential ones right i mean yes. i believe yeah. it was a potential site years ago too uh, when they first um, had proposed an idea. So when you say immediately um, to the south, are you talking like right up against that north property line of the of the park or further into the site? Or do you know at this point? Uh, somewhere in there. I'm not sure exactly if it'd be right abutting it or not, but um, 
it was just kind of highlighted on the north end of uh, the park was a potential location. Although for an aquatic center that has to dig deeper, you know, it's a heavier building. I'm not sure if the soils are really conducive for it, um, but yeah. Still sell landmark there. <clears throat> I did want to jump quickly, Shoshana, if, if that's possible, unless there's anybody else that needs, has any more questions. Me? But okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you want to go ahead of me? Uh, if I may. Go for it. Thank you. So I have a couple of quick questions. Uh, the first one would be just wondering about the size of the north slash south facade on uh, massing option three. I'd like to know how long they are and how do you kind of anticipate the rhythm there in terms of rough distances or measurements, should I say? Sure. Um, <clears throat> well, our south-facing facade is roughly 350 feet, and the code in your design review or design guidelines section speak to sort of a major modulation move every 120 feet. And what we're showing with these more prominent uh, masonry bays that are proud of the rest of that facade are set up on that rhythm. And then between those major uh, uh, modulation moves will be the, the bays that, that are uh, more intimate and lighter uh, for the individual units that exist between those. Okay. And um, related to that, um, can you please walk me through or walk us through the pedestrian connection on the site? Where do you envision them? I think I have some clue, but I would like to have a little bit more of uh, information there. <clears throat> yeah, so I think our only a pedestrian connection into the site would be adjacent to the driveway on the south. You can see a, a walkway. You can see the sidewalk and then you can see a walkway coming into the site. And that goes all the way to the west so that it acts as the main uh, gathering vehicle for uh, guest parking and employee parking. It, at this point, I don't, I think we're discouraged from having any kind of pedestrian access through the wetland buffer. So, you know, we're not proposing that at this point. Um, so our, we really have limited uh, frontage along 97th. And since we're not trying to have any commercial uses along that street, then we're really trying to uh, look at it as a, as a pedestrian friendly residential frontage. So will it be connected to the park? The walkway? Yeah. Will there um, be a pedestrian connection to the park? And how does that come to life with the security of the residents? I'm just wondering. Well, we're not gating the site off from 97th. So, um, guests are free to come in and, and park and arrive. The residents will go into the garage, which is going to be secure and, and uh, have a 
uh, garage door so that residents uh, have a secure path into into the into the project but no pedestrians coming into the project as i said you know we have a walkway coming into the project that will get anyone coming from 97th to the front door but not from the park no we're not trying to make a connection to the park at this point i mean we could if that was desirable we just didn't think that um that that was desirable and will there be any uh i'm sure we have asked that but some sort of a recreational or plaza or something like that or are we relying on the wetland area with its beautiful projected amenities it's oh. a pretty nice park on our own site so yeah mm -hmm. i think we would hopefully uh, get the city's uh, permission to have limited access to either have a trail or just some perhaps uh you know places for people to go in and pause and 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 enjoy the the atmosphere within the within the creek environment and, and we are accessible to pedestrians again if if the city allows um access into that from uh 120 i'm it's sorry 120 then uh we would entertain that mm -hmm. but otherwise not not at this point okay okay well thank you we are planning for a patio um extension from the dining area mm -hmm. that is here on the southern part of the wetland buffer so that's kind of you know the ability for people to to look out right but i think you're asking about what's uh what's the public's the interface public. with the with the wetland and we don't really have an answer to that yet because i think we're still in the negotiation with with the city about uh what sorts of things we can do as part of the improvements to the to the buffer Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that I'm here just wondering about the overall, you know, neighborhood and how this particular build, building playing its role in such a location between the wetland and the park and how how this entire um, flow is going to work. So yeah. Um, okay. I would definitely yeah. like to explore more of that. Uh, Tyler, would you like to come forward with your follow-up question? Yeah, thank you, Shoshana. Um, really is actually to piggyback off of that. That was my, my main point of the question. Um, I know this area very well, um, and and I love the concept, Jim and Jerry, the idea of, of keeping uh, and trying to preserve all of the trees that are around that area because because it, it is truly be beautiful. So I heavily support you guys in that area. Um, my question was that actually in regards to the residents, do they have some sort of private access when it came to going into the park? Because I have seen, especially on 97th, where it, how it currently is, there has been some elderly that have to walk around going into the park. And I was wondering if you guys have 
discuss with the city maybe some sort of way that they can privately go into the park on their own way through the residence to the residency. We certainly welcome that discussion. Um, it, we haven't broached that uh, idea at this point, but it might be a nice thing to offer. Yeah, definitely. I think, and also, you know, just for, you know, also for safety reasons and for families that are going to be a part of this community, I think that they would feel comfortable with that. So definitely something to look into. Um, the other question I had is because, you know, 97th is that very narrow area and that there is um, a, a restaurant right there and there is the other facility that's right there. I don't know if this is a little too early of a question, but um, how is zoning looking like when it comes to construction? Do you think that there's going to be and heavy impact to that road of traffic once once ground breaks? Um, no more than any of the other projects that are uh, uh, coming into that neighborhood. I mean, we do have the ability to stage all the construction on our site and won't have to um, utilize any of the street for that. Yeah, just, just, and we'll only have that one point of entry that will end up being the permanent uh, entry to the site. So uh, it's the usual um, amount of activity that happens with a building of this size. Right, and we are we are doing frontage improvements. This, that's part of the city's requirement for um, 120th and 97th to you know add sidewalk because it's it's a little dangerous there. Um, and so you know improving improving that area. Got it. Well, that answers my questions. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Anyone else with a follow-up question? Doesn't look like that. Uh, John, any members of the audience? I don't think we see any. That is correct. There are none. There are none. Um, okay. Members, would you like to move forward and discuss um, the concept? Randall, you can go first. Okay. Uh, I I would I would support option three as their preferred option. Uh, hey. I know members of the board are not going to like this comment, but I think there's almost too much articulation in some of it. You start to get uh, too, much, too much movement, and it's kind of a busy building. You aren't using positive negative space, I guess, is what I'm, I'm looking at. And, but that, again, the articulation is something that we continually ask for. So, uh, and that's the uh, I like the idea of the three stories, so they've got possible room for the roof deck, the residential roof deck area. That would be a really nice amenity for this project. And that, and would recommend that the city and the, the development team uh, look at possible ways to connect directly to the park, if that's possible. I'm not sure if that's something that the parks department or uh, the city really wants to, to have. But uh, if that could be something that happens, uh, I think it would be for the residents would be excellent. And that uh, 
other than that, I think everything that they've presented in in a site utilization, massing, and relationship with its uh, its surrounding elements. When you look at the west end of the building, they've they've really given the shortest elevation facing you know the single family residence there. Then the wetlands is very mature as far as vegetation. And so it's not going to really have much of an impact at all on the uh, residents to the north. Uh, then you've got the Juanita Bay development across the street at 97th and this matches or is less than that. And so it's really, it's really the elevation that faces onto the park and just how that elevation reads from all the way down to Juanita Drive and then up to the edge of the park and onto the property. And so I look at, I look at that as, you know, we, how much detail do you put into place or how does, you know, how does the building project at that distance? Because you, you know, until they do some sort of redevelopment of the park, until there's a major park steady underway right now for the city of Kirkland, but uh, what may be in between it and Juanita, uh, Juanita Drive is uh, is down the road someday, but this building will be prominent and a, a backdrop to that park uh, at this time. So that would be the only my comments is just to, to look at that and that elevation, you know, coming around that elevation is probably where it's critical. That, Shana, that'd be my comments. Thank you, Randall. Uh, Brad, would you like to go next? Yes, um, I think Randall and I are in most all agreement. Um, I think that the uh, uh, the whole wetlands and buffers really limit uh, some of the options uh, available to them. Um, maybe I would have explored one option um, where there is a stronger pedestrian connection with the building to the south and more parking to the north, um, but they're looking to get their own kind of private park uh, with access to the wetlands, and I think that's kind of a successful layout, and I'd be happy to proceed with option three um, and then going through the further iterations of the design we can discuss uh, if we give them extra height, um, how we want them to kind of improve the architecture to grant that to them. Um, Taller buildings in the past, there's been setbacks, but like John mentioned earlier on, that was kind of a special zoning you know, requirement. So I don't know if that would be appropriate here if it's only three stories, but I think that we can address some of those details as we get further into whichever these massing options we choose. Amy. So um, I concur with um, the applicant and uh, the other board members um, choice. Option three is um, definitely um, uh, what I think is uh, an appropriate approach. Um, and in terms of um, what I would like to see to determine whether or not they meet the superior design 
criteria, if you want to call it that, um, to grant them the um, additional floor um, for their next submittal. I would like to see a circulation plan. Um, I think that um, a couple of you guys uh, did, you know, bring up, you know, the question of connection to the park directly from their building. Um, and for me, um, I'd like to see a, a little bit more detail of, you know, what Jim was describing along 97th Avenue regarding the the grade change and, um, you know, how the uh, patios will interface with the street. Uh, and I'd like to see how, um, you know, where they have their residential units that, um, Faces 97th Avenue, how that also engages the uh, pedestrian on the sidewalks. Um, you know, just looking at the site plan, it makes me feel like this is a very suburban um, site plan. And, uh, uh, you know, I'd like to definitely see, I think that uh, Juanita Village is very successful in the way they um, treated the you know, the uh, streetscape along 97th. And I would like to encourage the applicants to really study how they could um, either mirror it or complement it. Uh, so uh, it does feel like a cohesive street. Um, and then, um, and, uh, you know, we didn't talk about bicycles and whether or not uh, there's any bicycle access or, you know, um, bicycle amenities. Um, so, you know, so in terms of circulation, um, there's opportunities for a more multimodal type of circulation uh, inside their property. And also as they connect to, you know, the uh, to all the um, adjacent properties and um, especially because uh, I'm not even sure where the crosswalks are and how do, you know, people from, you know, properties across the street would walk on the sidewalks along their property. So all those um, types of details, um, uh, I, I think that we should have that as a part of the, you know, organizing principle for their site plan. Um, I also have concerns about um, you know, the amount of surface parking, uh, especially, uh, you know, when you when you look at, the, you know, the paving on interfaces, the park. Um, and so I would really encourage the applicant to, you know, uh, and then and maybe this is where uh, asking for a conceptual landscape plan for the next round will be very helpful where we can see First, um, the, your tree retention plan, um, so we can appreciate how much effort you're doing to save as many trees as possible and where they're located, and then showing how um, you're filling in where, you know, there are no trees and, um, and uh, how that's uh, going to create, a, you know, a cohesive landscape plan that's that again uh, uh, will mitigate for the additional height. Um, you know, um, I personally, uh, you know, I'm not as concerned as the height in 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 
in the sense that a three-story building is really almost like a, a townhouse um, project. And so uh, it, it's still very residential in scale. Um, it's just a question of how uh, you're going to treat that and, and, and what is the, you know, how does that, um, you know, harmonizes with, um, you know, what's around it, all the natural areas around it. And then at the same time, how your landscaping will further provide that additional layer of, um, you know, softening um, and, and enhancing, you know, the character of your project. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, at the next um, reiteration, uh, I definitely would like to at least get an idea of what kind of materials um, you're proposing. Um, and also, um, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I welcome the modulation that you're showing, um, and it's just a matter of looking at what that's going to look like uh, once you start really creating, you know, a, an articulation and fenestration scheme for your project. Uh, and, uh, you know, I like the idea you mentioned about uh, reducing the height of some of the roof deck and then, and you know, expressing some of the, um, the con uh, I'm sorry, the masonry into, you know, you know, I'm calling them towers, even though they're only three stories, but to add some rooftop modulation, um, uh, you know, um, I would really um, encourage uh, maybe even exploring two different styles of treatment for your facade. Like, you know, I mentioned, um, you know, with the three-story building, it's really the height of townhouses. And so, um, you know, maybe look at, you know, creating a facade that looks more like a row of townhouses or maybe break it up where the, the wing that's facing 97th is, you know, going to be more like townhouses and then the rest will look like, you know, more of a uh, typical apartment building. And, you know, so there's a lot of options that you can do and play with with your building. And I think that, um, you know, that, that you should explore several ideas for us to see. Um, so the one thing that I would also like to encourage the applicant to look at, um, again, um, in terms of mitigating the parking is um, to provide more trees trees in the parking lot. Um, just something for your landscape architect to look at. Um, um, and, and um, you know, I, I do have to say that there's so, so many opportunities on your property, not only for your residents in terms of natural amenities with with the wetland. And so this is really more of, um, you know, uh, an encouragement for city staff to work with you guys to see if there's a way to um, locate a, you know, 
like a soft surface trail, maybe not a very um, intrusive, you know, paved trail in the uh, buffer, um, but something that, um, you know, could be used not only by your residents, but um, maybe has some sort of a public access easement so that the community can also benefit from it. Um, and uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, um, I think, um, yeah, I think for the next round, that's, yeah, that will be the things that I would like to see. That's all I have. Thank you, Amy. Uh, Tyler, would you like to go next? Uh, thanks, you guys, and thank you guys for being so patient with us. Um, just really um, congruent to what my fellow colleagues have said, um, key things that I would like to take a look at is see if there is some way that you guys can provide some sort of private residential access to the park, which I think that would be um, really great, especially for the senior uh, senior living, because not only is it going to be accessible and easier for them, but also safety reasons as well. Um, uh, the other thing too, I would definitely in the next, well, first I want to say I am definitely uh, in line as far as the three-story. Um, I definitely uh, support you guys and encourage that area. Um, like Amy and my fellow colleagues have said, we'd like to see in the next meeting just sort of uh, an idea of what different kinds of materials that you guys want to use and different kinds of options with that. Um, if you want to use a townhouse look or if you want to use more of an individual apartment look, uh, heavily encourage that. And also, again, making sure that it's zoned right so it's not affecting um, the residents from hearing any sort of traffic, et cetera, from there. Um, other thing too, as well is pedestrian access, if there is some ability to provide more of an access within the residence um, based off of what the city limits and what they've just said, um, and also safety, of course, for the residents as well. Uh, the other thing I didn't hear that I, I would like to get some further insight of is, um, and I don't know if you guys have gotten to this point yet, but when it comes to zoning for your waste management, um, I know that in that area at certain times it can be very disruptive for residents and i have actually personally witnessed accidents coming out of that facility um, with residents trying to go in because of how they had it designed um, originally for the waste management to be picked up so if you guys have a little more insight or provide some options in the next meeting that would be uh very helpful and encouraged in the next one um but other than that, I look forward to seeing what you guys come up with based off of the feedback that you've received from the rest of us. Thank you, Tyler. Um, now, um, as a general um, concept, I agree that massing option number three looks the most attractive. I think there is a great opportunity, and that is going mainly to the city, to extend that 15-minute uh, walk uh, neighborhood into that, um, basically into that building with the uh, amenities that the applicant suggests to develop over the wetland and the potential connection to the park, I think that for, especially for senior residents, obviously for the entire residents of the neighborhood, but especially for senior residents, the ability 
to move around um, where they live and enjoy the view, enjoy some maybe knowledge or um, nature and safely go to all the bustling businesses over at the Juanita village that kind of presents a great opportunity. So I would really encourage the city to work with the applicant and see how we can promote that. Um, in terms of articulation and modulation, I think it's way too um, preliminary to get a conclusion whether it's too much or too little. And I think that after we see the materials and maybe colors, uh, we can have a better understanding of that. And also preferably getting some ideas about weather protection and um, the rest of um, the amenities that are important for the pedestrian, parking, uh, entry, trash, load and unload. Um, and then in terms of height, I would like to see, I don't, I don't know yet to uh, define or maybe even consider superior design in order to grant that height. Overall, I don't have a problem with it, of course, especially not in that area because it seems to reason, but I just would like to see that if we grant that, uh, what is the applicant concept of superior design and that I assume will be in the next meeting and then finally and going further with the pedestrian connection and flow I would like to see some um, kind of um, maybe initial lighting concept and how it how that relates to the landscape and the street and these are my comments um, does anyone would like to add or ask something else? Shoshana, I do have a couple. Um, and what you said actually inspired <laughs> these additional comments. Um, so for the next round, um, you know, we'd like to see uh, more of a street view of, you know, you know, let's say on 97 Avenue Northeast, like the existing buildings um, and how, you know, the comparison between the height of your building to the existing buildings um, around you. So, um, you know, I think that um, obviously when you're looking at the properties to the north, you have the Juanita Cafe, which is a one-story building, but beyond that you have, I'm not really sure how many stories. And so if we can have like a cross-section of um, you know this you know from your obviously from your south property line because we know further south it's the part so there are no buildings but it would be good to see like uh, what are we looking at in terms of the uh, uh, impacts of having a three-story building versus a two-story building um, same thing for uh, you know an east-west cross section um, you know. Uh, you know, how, you know, I asked earlier about the height of the um, multifamily buildings to the, to the west. And so we'd like to see that compared to your building. And then also uh, the height of, you know, um, 
you know, at least the, you know, the, the townhouses of the Juanita village. Um, so, and feel free if you wanted to add in the taller buildings, um, but, um, you know, because that will help also help, I think, make the case for why uh, we can grant you the three, you know, the additional story. Um, I'm very confident that once, you know, with that information, there's no reason why um, we would have any concerns, but I, I just want to see good documentation to prove that, um, you know, first that, um, it, you know, adding another story will not have any negative impacts, um, you know, visually to um, any of the adjacent properties, but also that once you start mitigating for that, that we are getting a prop, you know, a project that's far superior than what you would typically get in the area. Um, think, go ahead. I was, just, I was just saying, I mean, if you conceptually, if, if you do it right, you can give off the illusion that it is a two story, even if it is a three story. The building that is right adjacent to the Juanita Cafe is a two story, is a three story building, but the way that they have it look, it, it's a lot of people believe that it's only a two story. So I think that you guys have a great opportunity to create that ability and that illusion with with the three story. Um, um, and then the uh, the other um, thing that, you know, if you're not ready, that's fine, but we'd be interested to see how, you know, lighting, uh, the exterior lighting um, for, you know, the, not only your property, but just at the perimeter, because uh, yeah, walking around there, I usually use my flashlight. So uh, I'm sure that you're going to provide street lighting. Um, so it would be good to see what you're, you know, what, you know, how that works. Exactly. Thank you, Amy. Um, Jennifer, would you like to uh, kind of um, uh, summarize what uh, or go over the things we would like to see from the applicant for next meeting and then see if the applicant has any more questions or remarks about it? Yes, I have a lot of different notes. I'm going to dry my best. I hadn't gathered into summary, but it sounds like the board um, unanimous, unanimously feels like option three is the massing option to pursue. Um, I did want to note um, as a staff representative, I'm hearing, you know, a lot of um, conversation about exploring connection through that buffer wetland and also to the park. So we'll be working with the the applicant um, to figure out what we can do as far as um, working with the parks department and also code compliance and getting some some nice amenities in there. Um, I do have some things highlighted, so bear with me as I scroll through. Yep, so connection to the park. Um, getting some more um, elevations, some standard things would be the material board and colors and wanting to kind of build out all of that, but also having some perspectives from the pedestrian perspective along the street and specifically looking at that south facade, knowing that everything is everything else is kind of covered heavily by trees, but um, when we're looking to the south, it's that open park. So getting a couple of good perspectives of the building there and what's planned. Uh, including, yeah, the circulation plan, 
looking into weather protection, parking, trash, um, loading and unloading, looking specifically at safety, but also how, you know, how will that work amongst the entire um, development? Did I miss anything? Lighting. See. Lighting. Thank you. <laughs> and, and lighting. Jennifer, did, did you mention the tree retention plan? Yes, and having a concept. No, I say yes. Sorry, Amy. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> but having um a conceptual landscaping plan. So looking for what um having our existing conditions and showing what's being retained, and then also the supplementary trees and bushes. Um, and then kind of how that all dances together with the lighting scheme and really what it would be be like to um, circulate around the development. Um, you know, both at the daytime and also at nighttime as well. Perfect. Wetland okay. preservations. Did we get that too? Sorry, what was that? Uh, the wetland pre preservations, what they're going to work on to preserve. Did we get that too? Um, I'm, I'm missing a little bit the the preservation component of it, but looking at because they'll they'll um, be required to preserve and vegetate kind of what's in there, especially when they demo. So that'll all be standard. But the kind of specific thing for this project is looking at any of those connection pathways um, and bringing out some of those amenities into into the buffer. Got it. Is that what you saying, were getting at, or I was saying more like not? just preserving the trees that they already have around, just making sure that when they're zoning it, that, that that's just included. And, and the next thing, just just so that we have it just as on file, that's all. Yeah, I think that um, that would probably be the intent of the retention, the tree retention. Got, show, got so it, showing what's it. existing there. I didn't yep. hear that. I'm sorry. No, oh, <laughs> no, all good. Don't worry about it. And um, yeah, that's just another quick um, comment for me. Uh, again, going back to superior um, design and maybe including some art or some uh, collaboration with local artists that would uh, give recreation opportunities, but also kind of giving back to the community, that would be nice as well to see something that is a little bit extra. I have a couple more things, Jen. Perfect. Thanks, John, because um, I realized I wrote a lot of notes and didn't organize it. That no, there was a lot. I so thought much there was appreciated. A lot, of, a lot of good comments. Um, yes. So I don't know if you mentioned, but there's the cross sections that include the adjoining properties and the existing buildings. Um, details along 97th Avenue, especially how the units relate to the street and the, just the landscaping and so forth potentially looking at um, different designs that get at, I think overall to have the applicant um, specifically address the criteria for superior design for the extra height and what, you know, there was a lot of examples and ideas that were brought forward. So just being clear what their concept is for that or their approach. Um, and then lastly, was as part of their modulation, is there a way maybe just to, to look at that roof line and how it could um, correspond to the proposed modulation, bays, colors, materials, et cetera? 
I think Thank that you. concludes all of our comments there. Um, does the applicant have any questions? Uh, not at this time. I, I just appreciate the thoughtfulness and uh, the suggestions that the, the board brought forward. And, you know, truthfully, we were thinking along those same lines uh, as far as the design. So it's, it's good that um, there's a mutual appreciation of what uh, opportunities exist on the site. And we appreciate your thinking and giving. Um, okay, I don't think we need to make a motion. Am I correct? Correct. Okay. So, 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 so yeah, just for the applicant, so they know that, um, yeah, there's no motion that's made at this point. It'll just be a summary that general write up um, in a letter format and proceed to, to the application for the design response conference at that point. Terrific. We look yep. forward to the next one. Do we have any other items we need to discuss tonight? Um, so let's see here. So the next meeting will be January 23rd. And I believe Blanca's already pulled everyone, so I don't think we need to get into that. So the last item will be the election of officers for the upcoming year. Um, so so we, by, we can hop off, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Good night. Thank you all. Good night. Thank you. Good night. And so by default, the process is that the vice chair becomes the chair for the new year. And I did reach out to Carlos, who was unable to make it tonight, and he did confirm that he had no problems with that. So Carlos will be the chair. So for discussion tonight will be who will be the new vice chair for the year. Um, and so I think I'll just turn it over for, to Shoshana to kind of lead the discussion. Basically, the way it works is there's a nomination, discussion if warranted, and um, and then we'll just do a uh, a vote, like an, an emotion to to elect the new new chair or vice chair. Sorry, vice chair. Okay. Uh, would anyone like to suggest a new vice chair? I have my own suggestion, and I suggest Randall. I think. Uh, we haven't had the pleasure of him serving the chair or the vice chair. Am I correct? Uh, you're correct, but my term is up at the end of March, is it, John? That is correct. So unless and you... So I've got to... I've got to <laughs> I, what I was going to tell you tonight, John, was give me until the end of the week. Give me to Friday and mm. uh, I'll give you a yes or no answer if I want to continue. Okay, I got I got to look at some uh, some potential travel issues and that type of thing over the next year year and a half. So uh, there's some projects that I'm working on that may get in the way. So should we? Especially especially if we go back to live, I'm not sure if that's going to happen or what right, happen. Right. Yeah, do we have any uh, news about the in person? You know. Not really, because um, part of my thinking on this has been because um, I really haven't heard any 
any push for uh, in-person. And frankly, I think it's kind of been working. It's been working pretty good. (laughs) So I don't know if we really need to change it unless the board wants to. And I can certainly pursue that. Um, But, you know, maybe we just stick with this, you know, since it's working pretty good. Seeing a lot of head shakes. <laughs> I've seen that too. <laughs> um, yeah, I, okay. defi- I definitely prefer online. Uh, oh yeah, because I can sl- slide from one job from my day job to you know the meeting without having to rush and get dinner. Oh, you can turn off the camera and have dinner <laughs> if you had a long day. I got yelled at for turning my camera off. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, you're well, right. And you for have... me, it was like my camera wasn't working. It was uh, because I was hiding. <laughs> no, no, you just need to have full attendance and then no one will see that your camera is off, Tyler. So I guess that uh, what are we going to do with the Vice uh, conversation? Well, we I all guess... that? The question would be is like, is there anyone else that could be vice? You know, if Randall's like uncertain, uh, are there nominations for others? Well, obviously, Amy is next in seniority at the board. So we would obviously uh, go for Amy. Unless anyone objects, of course. And then I would not suggest that you will meet Amy in a dark alley. Just saying. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, would everyone support that? I would. Okay. Concur to that. So should we have a vote on that or should we wait? Uh, what do you prefer? I'm, I'm curious what Amy's thoughts are. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm fine either way. Um, uh, you know, we, we can, um, I guess we can wait for Randall. Uh, and then, uh, who, how, how do, I, how do we, can we vote kind of like a, I don't know, John, is there a way that we can vote where mm-hmm. it's a conditional vote? <laughs> oh. John, John, yeah. if, if, if I if I throw my hat in the ring to re up, is that another four year another four year term? Yes, it would be. Okay, so I would have I would have plenty of time to become That's vice true. chair net. So so why don't you pull me out of it right now, whether I do or I don't, and then I would suggest that we nominate Amy and move forward. Maybe I want to challenge you. <laughs> oh, you got to throw some suspense in here. Good. Well, I, I mean, I was just going to say, too, like, um, I mean, the seniority is just one of the, I mean, there's mm-hmm. no real criteria. So I, I, I just know that just, I mean, watching Brad and Tyler, they're both just as capable. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to do it. Um, but uh, if, one of you guys feel strongly that hey, you know, I feel more qualified. Feel free. Yeah, I think Amy that you are definitely the top candidate for with your seniority, and, and you do provide good feedback. The only thing, and I this this is a, universally for all of us. 
um, I wanted to get your opinion on this. How do we feel about kind of timing our our answer responses? Because I feel that sometimes we we can take a majority of the time. Should we start looking at maybe pulling back or or compiling our questions and answers before integrating for a time factor? Would that be an idea? Oh, like limiting what uh, what each person gets to say or how much time they take. Oh, yeah. How many questions. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it doesn't have to come down to questions. I was just thinking that, you know, for our responses, maybe we should have a time to more of like a two minute, you know, five minute. Because sometimes, you know, just depending on time, and if somebody else had something else to take in, I just thought it might be best for maybe at, not during the question part, but during the final statement. That should be more of a each person gets a certain time. It just makes it a little bit more. Cohesive organized, organized, organized. Yes. Uh, but should we go back? To uh, the I told you this sign off would last another 15 minutes. Uh, we should have like the wheel uh, girls going with the sign. Last <laughs> round. Or, or the uh, Oscar, <laughs> the Oscar music starting to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, the one thing that would move it along is we need to be more uh with the applicant on their presentation they tonight was tonight was a very fairly succinct app you know presentation and that but we've had nights where they've droned on forever and and i didn't feel that a lot of what they were saying was of much value and so we really need to have them really hit hit the points they need to hit and give them a time and you know and kind of stay with that i think before we used to you know give them X amount of time, and when we were in person, uh, it, I, I don't know. I think we even had a clock that was going <laughs> that they they had to push against. And now that we've gone uh, remote, we don't we don't seem to keep that, you know. Keep yeah. That check. Yeah, you're right about that, Randall. When we were in person, people didn't want to stay that late. You know, when we're all in the comfort of our homes. Um, we've had some applicants that you know, love to hear themselves talk, you know, and their presentation would be like 40 more plus minutes, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's yeah. finding some way to get the applicants to, yeah, kind of get through the major points, you know, and, and not recap a lot from their previous meeting. I know if you have a way to do that, then my hat's mm -hmm. off to you because I certainly haven't found a way to do that. I feel yeah. that today was pretty to the point. Yep. There was a lot of behind the scenes coaching that Jen did a great yeah. job on, I thought, and her with her presentation, coaching with the applicant, and um, I thought it ran pretty good. Um, but those are all good comments, and we're, as staff, we're keeping a list of things, and um, I don't think next meeting is appropriate because we'll have two items for next meeting, but maybe the following meeting, if we just have one item, we can have more of a discussion on um, um, how to run an efficient meeting and so that, we look into um kind of um conclude the agenda for one meeting maybe not have two items or maybe not have a very extensive project remember we have discussed that before yeah. well i so think it will not yeah i think two is the max definitely not three and i think two is doable because brad can attest we've done two 
in a pretty good reasonable in a reasonable amount of time we've even done three i think at, on certain occasions within yeah yeah um, we've done we've done three before we've done but three no no one enjoyed that especially right. the third applicant <laughs> right so i think two is the max and then if we if we can keep to our you know if the applicant you know this is where we're gonna have to coach the applicant stick to the key points stick to your 10 15 minutes and if the board you know one thing we also look talked about is maybe if the board has questions it's just reaching out to staff ahead of time yeah. and that way a lot of the a lot of the basic like zoning stuff and all the background at least that can be handled and then on the fly questions can certainly be asked um at the meeting but um yeah. so we're keeping a list and we're i think we need to talk with the board and then get that into the procedures to make it official but um no definitely good ideas Okay. But we should probably circle back to Amy. Yeah, I was about to all these good ideas. Mm -hmm. I, I nominate Amy. I second. So if we can make, get a motion out there, yeah. Okay. I third. Well, so, um, Tyra, would you like to make a motion? Would I like to make a motion? Yeah. <laughs> would anyone like to entertain a motion to nominate Amy as vice chair? I'll, I'll make a motion to nominate Amy. I make a motion too. So that'd be uh, a second. A second. <laughs> okay. Does anyone oppose? So I would say that we unanimously mm -hmm. uh, agree to have um, Amy as our vice chair. Our new vice chair. Congratulations. Congratulations, Yay. Amy. Go <laughs> try to be more succinct, Tyler. <laughs> and congrats Absolutely. to Carlos too. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. So does Amy does she get like a key to the city? Is, is that is that what you're gonna get? She's getting a key to Google. <laughs> Let us I end. make a motion we adjourn if we have nothing else to deal with. Anything else? A second. Uh, anyone oppose? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Thank Thanks you, everybody. Hey, good, good night, night. everyone. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Thank, Thank you, everyone. everyone.